0: When we follow Jesus, there's going to be joy. We're a church that speaks many different languages and we don't always understand what each other is saying, even when we're speaking English. But you know, when we're together in the joy of Jesus Christ, there is unity, even if we don't understand each other. Amen? Do you feel joy being here at Light of the Nation? Do you feel the joy? I feel joy. And I want to encourage you to come expecting joy when you come into this house because God is here. Now today, I'm going to bring a message for fathers, parents, and the message is creating destiny for your children. Before I went to Nepal, I was doing a series of messages on family, finances, and parenting, and all that kind of thing. Today, I'm going to be bringing this message on being fathers and mothers. And it's also a little bit about being a, a son and daughter. How important that is to obey your, your parents. But this message is about the role of the parents in the family. Now, as I get started, um, as I get started, I want to say the goal of being a parent is not just to stop the kids from doing bad things. Now, sometimes we think that way. I just got to stop them from being bad. I don't want my son or daughter ending up in prison. So they got to be good. (laughs) That's not the only goal. Now that's part of the goal. You want your children to behave themselves. But you know, there's much, much more. Not to just keep them from doing bad things. Are you with me? Are you there? Not to just keep them from doing bad things, but to lead them into doing a powerful, good thing in God's kingdom. That's also the goal. And in fact, we need to think that way from the time our children are babies up until we get them married and they move off away from us, even though parenting doesn't stop then, I'll tell you that. i have learning that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. We need to lead our kids into a powerful, good, a God-designed destiny. Would you say that? A God-designed destiny. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 says, Honor your father and mother. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. (laughs) That's a good promise. Amen. Listen, obey your father and mother because it gives you a good life and long life on the earth. And then here's a word to parents. It says fathers, but it includes mothers too. Fathers and mothers, do not exasperate your children. That's what my translation says. Another way to say it is do not provoke your children to anger. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline, in the training and instruction of the Lord. So as we've seen in the other passages, you know, husbands and wives, husbands are supposed to love their wives and to lift them up, to give them confidence and lead them in the way of the Lord. Wives are to submit to their husband. You see, it's a two-way street. Wives are to respect their husbands, husbands are to respect their wives. In the same way, children are supposed to do what? Obey, honor their father and mother. And fathers and mothers are supposed to not provoke their kids to anger, but raise them up in the training of the Lord. Are you there? Are you getting this? This is important. It's a two-way street. Children have to respect the parents. Parents raise up their children in an honorable way, in the way of the Lord, in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, that's different than just making your kids be good. To raise them up in the way of the Lord means to raise them up in a way where they can hear the Lord, obey the Lord, and follow the Lord's way. There are lots of people in this world who are good people. Their parents made them, trained them how to be good. But they don't know the Lord. They need to know the Lord in order to fulfill this. Train your children to know the way of the Lord. Now, I mentioned a few weeks ago about David and Solomon. David was a great king, but he was a bad father. Not a good father. Now, why do I say that? Because his children turned out really bad. His first son raped His sister raped her, his own sister, half-sister. He raped her. And then the second son, that guy's name was Amnon, the second son, Absalom, who was the full sister, full brother of the girl who got raped, he killed Amnon. He had him murdered. How would you like that for your first two kids? Not such a good, not such a good track record. (laughs) And then Absalom, the second son, after he murdered his brother, he ran away Eventually, he came back and he tried to take over the kingdom and kill his own father, David. That's Absalom. (laughs) That's no good. The third son, his name was Adonijah. He tried to become king against the wishes of his father and wanted to take over from his brother, Solomon. But Solomon had the endorsement of his father, David, and he eventually became king and got rid of Adonijah. Adonijah. It's not a pretty story. These brothers didn't love each other. They didn't care about each other. They were trying to overcome and kill one another. So David, I would say, did not do a good job. He's a great man. He wrote part of the Bible. He was a great king. Israel became a great nation under his leadership, but he failed in the first part of his life as a father until his son Solomon. Solomon became a king eventually, but it says that David trained his son. And we're going to look at that verse later on. Now, when we are parents, we have to have a balance. Now, some of you just have little children right now, but it's very important that you need to start right now. Some of you in this room are going to have a child in about six months. You need to listen to this too. You're already parents. When you raise children, you need to have balance in the way you raise them. Oh, here's another thing I wanted to say about this message. Some of you aren't married now. Some of you may not get married. But I still want you to get this message because parents need help. It's impossible to raise children by yourself. You have single mothers trying to raise kids. You have parents who don't know what they're doing trying to raise kids. (laughs) Everybody who hears what I say, you need to help your brothers, your sisters, your friends, your neighbors raise their kids. You need to help them. So what I'm giving you today are words of wisdom on how to raise kids. All right? So pay attention, everybody. We need to balance something when we raise kids. There are two parts. We need to find the balance between two things. In the book of Ephesians, we just read, Fathers, do not make your children angry. Now, I need to talk about that a little bit, and I'll come back to it. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. That's one side. The other side, we read all over the book of Proverbs, do not spoil your children. (laughs) Now, those are two different things. One side is don't make your children go crazy by just being unfair to them, by embarrassing them, by rudely talking to them in front of other people. When you raise your children, you need to raise them in discipline of the Lord. Are you with me? The discipline of the Lord. You need to train them to listen and obey. And don't let them get outside of that line. That's one side. Do not spoil them. There's a verse in Proverbs that says, if you spare the rod, meaning if you hold back the rod of discipline, if you don't do that, you spoil your child. Now, many of you came to America and they told you, hey, you better not spank your kids. They'll send you to jail. Your children will call 911, put you in jail. Don't believe that. That's a lie. You can spank your kids, but you cannot beat them. You see, there's a difference. You don't beat them until they're unconscious, which sometimes people do because they get so angry. And I know children can make you angry when they are rebellious, when they are rude, when they defy you, they don't obey you. It makes you want to beat them, but don't beat them. Just spank them good and hard, Whap! right there. Make them feel it. The Bible says it's okay, but don't beat them To where you go too far and you provoke them to a rebellious nature. You understand? Okay, there's a balance. There's a way to treat your children to where they listen, to where they listen to you. But you don't want to spoil them and you don't want to make them rebellious, so angry. Do not torment them. I have seen fathers mock their children in front of other people. They embarrass them. To make them feel bad for being who they are and doing what they do. And that's wrong. Because, you know, (laughs) what you sow, you will also reap. Those children, if you mock them, they will grow up to become mockers. And you know who they will mock when they get older? You. (laughs) They. When you become old, your children have to take care of you. And if you've not done a good job of taking care of them, they will not take a good job of taking care of you. Are you with me? You understand what I'm saying. We need to train up our children to listen to the Lord, to have good hearts, and to follow in God's way and to be godly people. Do not spoil them and do not provoke them to anger. Do not mock them and make them feel foolish. The first rule of parenting is this. Teach your children to listen. Say that with me. Teach your children To listen. It's the most important thing in parenting. It's the most important thing in life is to listen. The most important thing for us as believers is to listen to God, to hear his voice. You know, Solomon, his father trained him in the ways of wisdom. We're going to look at that verse in a minute. Solomon was trained by his father to listen and to listen to wisdom. So that when Solomon became king, he had a vision in the night. And the vision was God coming to him. He was sleeping. Okay, Solomon was sleeping. In his dream, God came to him and said, ask me whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And Solomon said, I want wisdom. Now, you probably know that story. I want wisdom. And God said, you could have asked for anything. You could have asked for wealth. You could have asked for power. You could have asked for honor and prestige. But because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you wisdom and all those others. Now, Solomon, did I tell you he was asleep when this was happening? How many of you can trust what you're going to say in your to to ask for the right thing? (laughs) What if God comes to you in your sleep and says, what do you want? Well, Solomon, I believe, was trained by his father to want wisdom more than anything. So that even in his sleep, When God came to him, he gave the right answer. He gave the answer, I want wisdom. Now that's something we need to learn from David and Solomon. Teach your children to want wisdom more than Because when we have wisdom, we know how to live. Our life is made up of decisions. When we make wise decisions, we have a good life. We make foolish decisions. We make foolish friendships. We make foolish choices. We have a bad life. Are you with me? This is so important, my friends. Brothers and sisters, I want you to hear this so that we will have. So the most important thing for us to teach our children.
1: When,
0: when Solomon was asking for wisdom, we actually the, the word wisdom means a
1: listening. David. One of the
0: ways, parents, that you teach your children to listen is to talk to them and get them to talk
1: to you. Our
0: flesh, when our children are not paying attention, you know what we want to do? We just want to shout at them. Have you, any parents here, ever shouted at their children?
1: You're
0: not being honest if you're not raising your hand. You. Every one of us has shouted at our kids.
1: But when we feel like that, we have to stop for a minute.
0: But when we feel like that, we have to stop for a
1: minute.
0: And we need to talk to them in a way that they will
1: listen. And
0: we get them to say what they're thinking.
1: So we
0: can see what's in their brain and help guide them through the
1: problem.
0: David taught his son to listen.
1: He said, <laughs> this is from Proverbs 4 verse 3.
0: 4.
1: I'll
0: just, okay? When I was a son, this is Solomon talking about his father. He said, when I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, Solomon was an only child of his mother. He taught me, my father taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live, get wisdom, get insight." Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you.
1: Anasema historia ikisita wewe ikisita kwa ng'ane mtumbo ya mamake askia baba karamfundisha ukamatera neno la Mungu na uungane na neno la Mungu Mungu atakusaidia na kukongoza njia yote. Maana ni historia inaandikiwa proverb 4 verse 3.
0: Thank you. I encourage you to read those verses and look them up later, okay? So, when you're a parent, you want to do more than just stop your kids from being bad.
1: You want to
0: lead them into a God-designed destiny for their lives. How do you do that except by sharing your dreams with them?
1: You
0: need to speak your vision for them out loud, to them.
1: Now it
0: might not always turn out the way that you think it is when you're telling them, but when you plant a seed in their life, it's going to bring a fruit.
1: When I was
0: a young boy, my father would always say one thing over and over about our family.
1: When I
0: was young, there were the great evangelists like Billy Graham and Oral Roberts who used to speak all over the country. And my father used to say he would think this was a good idea. That our family would have an evangelistic team that would go all over the world and speak and preach.
1: Now
0: honestly, I I thought that was kind of silly myself.
1: And
0: even though I respected my father's desire, we would kind of laugh at what he was saying. But I want to tell you something. His words to us as children has affected our lives.
1: Because
0: I was only eight years old when he was saying those things, but today I'm a
1: pastor. Amen.
0: And my brother and I just came back from Nepal and India doing an evangelistic team on the other side of the world.
1: (laughs) When
0: he was saying those things, I wasn't paying attention. I thought it was a silly idea. But those words had an effect on my life and it shaped my destiny.
1: Your
0: words, parents, are powerful with your children. You have to speak God's destiny over your kids and it will come to pass. A father without a dream raises sons and daughters without a destiny.
1: mipango ama hana...
0: That is such a good statement. Do you see that up there? The father without a dream raises sons and daughters without a destiny.
1: Do
0: you have a dream? Do you have a dream for your kids?
1: I know
0: you do. I know you do. You have to
1: speak it out to them. Na
0: even if they look totally bored and look like they're not paying attention you speak it into their
1: ears
0: David must have done that with Solomon
1: because
0: even in his sleep he gave the right answer to the Lord I want wisdom
1: Another
0: big thing on David's heart was to build the temple for the
1: Lord. And
0: God told David, you can't do that. You cannot do that because you have a,
1: you're you a man of blood.
0: But God said, your son Solomon will do that.
1: And so
0: David must have begun to speak to Solomon about that even at a young
1: age.
0: That temple was built by Solomon as the most extravagant structure, one of the most extravagant structures that's ever been built.
1: In today's dollars,
0: that temple would be worth
1: one trillion dollars.
0: That's more money than we can
1: imagine.
0: But Solomon built that and God gave him the wealth for it. But it was his father, David, who gave
1: him.
0: His father, David,
1: gave okay. him So
0: I'm saying to you, parents, plant your dream.
1: The
0: words that you plant into a person's heart...
1: Uh, yuna, ya mutu.
0: will attract the opportunity for its
1: fulfillment. Na kwa kitu when
0: you give your kids a vision to go for, God is going to give an opportunity for them to fulfill it.
1: Kama unapatia mutoto le ndoto ye unapanga na mungu nae ata, ata, ata pana njie ya kufika kwa likiri kitu kitu.
0: So, look at this next picture here. Does anybody know what that is?
1: It's
0: Mount Rushmore. It's in uh, South Dakota. And it's where these faces were carved. So, go back to the first one,
1: please.
0: So, the man who, who did this, his name was Gutson Borglum. He's from another country. When he saw this mountain, he said, American history will march along that skyline.
1: This was in 1927.
0: And he began making the sculpture of those faces.
1: Now Bill,
0: go to the next one. Now, what are the faces that you see up here? who's the first one on the left? who's that All you citizens, let me hear you George Washington, all of you studying for the citizenship test you need to learn that face that's oh, George Washington
1: ni right? George Washington
0: who's the second one Thomas Jefferson is the second one Thomas yeah the third one who's that? Theodore or Teddy Roosevelt. And the reason he's up there is because he was the president at the time that they started to do
1: so. (laughs) Teddy someone.
0: (laughs) Teddy Roosevelt. And then who's the last one on the right? Abraham Lincoln.
1: (laughs) Lincoln.
0: Probably one of our greatest
1: presidents.
0: (laughs) So this mountain is 6,000 feet high.
1: Uh, uh, 6,000. And this uh,
0: sculptor... His name is Gutsan, we'll just call him Gutsan. He saw a vision, when he saw just the mountain itself, he could see the faces in it.
1: Parents, I want to
0: ask you a question. When you look at your children, what do
1: you Do,
0: do you see the future or do you see the present?
1: I want to encourage you, you've got to start seeing the future. When you, look,
0: when you look into the faces of your children, you plant a vision from God into their life.
1: you got to begin to
0: talk to them about who they're going to be.
1: You're
0: like the sculptor, you saw a mountain, and then you see the faces
1: in that mountain. And
0: you do the work the best you know how. You do the work, the best of
1: raising the best you know.
0: So this man, he worked for many years, 14 years, doing this sculpture and it was not finished when he died he did not finish it he died before it
1: was
0: but guess who finished it for him his son his son's name was
1: Lincoln
0: (laughs) and his son finished in six months after his father died This was a great dream this man had.
1: And his son finished the dream.
0: Parents, you might not be able to finish your dream for your own life. But if you plant the vision in your kids, they will finish it for you. God's work is never done until Jesus comes back. So we need to plant the vision in the next generation.
1: There
0: is great power in a vision. When I first planned to preach this message, I expected Pastor Feast to be with me. But because he's gone, I'm going to share his testimony right now. Pastor Feast was living in Zimbabwe and all of his family had come here to the United States. Uh, Papa Chite, Mama Jen, they were all here in the U.S.
1: And And
0: so was his wife and little Gabriel was on his way.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. And in
0: in his own eyes, it looked like it was impossible for him to come
1: to the US.
0: He saw no way to come to the
1: U.S. It looked
0: impossible. He had some relatives in Australia, so he's thinking maybe he would go to Australia and bring Helen over there to Australia with him. But something interesting happened. He had a sister with a niece and nephew who now live in Houston,
1: Texas. Recently,
0: he went down to visit them. And while he was still in Zimbabwe, he met with his sister and family, and the girls were crying because they were having to say goodbye to their uncle.
1: Uh, Pastor and in
0: faith, he said, "Don't worry, I'm going to come to the U.S. I will come and be with
1: you." And they
0: were just crying and crying, and he said, "Okay, here's what we're going to do."
1: He,
0: he went into his room. He got a shirt
1: and a pants.
0: And he gave it to them. He says, here, take my clothes with you to the U.S. when you're going. And when I come there, I will come and get my clothes.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: Now, when he said that, he was saying that just to get them to calm down and to stop crying. But it was a prophetic word. And they took those clothes with them and they settled in Houston,
1: Texas.
0: And then after another year, the door opened up and Pastor Feast came to the U.S.
1: Amen. And
0: when he went down to Houston a few weeks ago to visit after the flood, he saw the family and the girl said, hey, I've got your clothes for you.
1: Amen.
0: And they did. They brought it out and they brought him his shirt and his
1: pants.
0: The power of a prophetic word in a child's life. La force de la will also fulfill a prophecy in your own
1: life.
0: Plant your seeds a vision in your children's
1: lives.
0: I want to share another story before I finish. In this next picture, you're going to see a man, his name is Jim Irwin. This man, when he was a little boy, he was at his home one time. He was playing around in his home. Finally, his mom and dad said, It's time to go to bed. Go to bed.
1: At that night,
0: it was a full moon, a big full moon up in the sky.
1: And
0: the light of the moon came in through the
1: windows.
0: Mother said, Jimmy, it's time to go to bed you go get ready for bed and I'll come say goodnight
1: later.
0: Jimmy went straight up to his room and he got ready for bed. And his mother was a little surprised that he did that so
1: easily.
0: Later she came up to check on him and she
1: saw him sitting at the window looking up at the moon. And she says, what are you doing, Jimmy? He says, mommy, I'm looking at the moon. She
0: says, well, now it's time to go to bed. So as he was settling down, getting into bed, he said something to his mom.
1: He said,
0: mommy, one day I'm going to walk on
1: the moon. He's
0: just a little boy.
1: And
0: and that was an impossible thing. Nobody would ever think you could walk on the moon.
1: Whoever
0: would have thought that that little boy's words would come
1: true.
0: His mother had power in that moment she could have said to her boy oh that's the stupidest thing I ever heard Who, you can't walk on the moon nobody's ever going to walk on
1: the moon
0: but she didn't say that
1: and she let him hold on to him after that
0: later in his teenage years he had an almost fatal motorcycle accident almost killed him and broke every bone in his body
1: but
0: he survived that accident and he kept that vision alive in his mind
1: and 32
0: years later that little boy walked on the
1: floor.
0: he's one of only 12 human beings that have ever done that so what do you feed on what do you let go through your mind all the
1: time what
0: are the dreams of
1: your heart
0: give those dreams to your children
1: Nayo, yako.
0: because what they feed on will be what they become
1: be una andani, bata, bata kuwa.
0: now we didn't become the world uh, evangelistic team of the millers but we did keep doing the ministry of the Lord
1: uh, same, gisi kari, same, kabambi, lakini, kubiri,
0: you will change your future by what
1: you on uh,
0: Feed your children on God's destiny for them. Now all my kids are grown now. We've launched them out into the world and they're doing their thing. Sometimes I'm pleased, sometimes I'm very displeased to tell you the
1: truth.
0: (laughs) But now I have a new vision. There are grandchildren So far we have seven of them And they're spread all throughout the world.
1: But
0: I'm thinking every day about how I can plant the vision of God
1: in life..
0: I did my wife and I we did our best with our kids.
1: And they're
0: going to do what they're
1: going to do now.
0: Whenever they want my advice, I will give it to them. But what I really want to look for now are those grandchildren. I want them to get God's message to their
1: life..
0: I really want to encourage you church to do the same thing with your own lives with your children's
1: lives.
0: Raise your kids in the truth of the Lord.
1: Worship.
0: I want to close with this thought. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners.
1: Including
0: your children. Did you know your children are sinners? Have you ever noticed that? They are sinners. They are selfish.
1: They want
0: their own
1: way. They
0: don't want to listen. But your job is to teach them to listen.
1: And
0: to be saved from the dangers of this world. So the most important thing you can do is to tell them about it. Tell them about the Lord's will for their lives. Be saved. I want a worship team to lead us in a song right now. And I want you to just receive from the Lord right now. Ask the Lord to, to come into your heart.
1: Ataka kwa and na
0: and while you're sitting there in your chair praying, different people from our ministry team could come around and they will
1: pray.
0: So let's just begin to pray right now. Lord, would you minister to us right now? Would you speak to us? Come church, let's just pray. Call out on the Lord. Speak out your heart's desire to Him. Lord, give us vision. Give us dream. Help us to see things your way. Plant your seeds in our souls in the name of Je- in the name of jesus hallelujah lord